0: Welcome to the Natural Curiosity Project, the place for stories that truly matter. This is one of them. I'm Steve Shepard. So here's an idea for you. We're going to take a trip to look at birds. We're going to start in southwestern Europe and drive to extreme northern Europe as far as we can go into the Arctic following the annual migration of northbound birds, photographing and recording them along the way. Then, once we've done that, We'll turn our vehicles around and do the same thing, but this time we'll start in southwestern Europe and follow those same birds as far south as we can go, again filming and recording them along the way. Birds, of course, aren't bothered by such barriers as oceans or the lack of a good road, so in this case that means crossing the Strait of Gibraltar into Morocco and driving south along the west coast of Africa, a place famous for having roads that are often merely a suggestion and passing through countries with exotic names and equally exotic and sometimes less than favorable reputations. Senegal, the Gambia, Sierra Leone, Ivory Coast, Togo, Benin, Cameroon, Mauritania, Gabon, and many more. A distance, as the bird flies, of about 12,000 kilometers. It sounds kind of daunting, doesn't it? Perhaps, but that's precisely the trip that Adio and Axel Drioli have undertaken. Of course, their journey will be much farther than 12,000 kilometers because even though the birds they're following may fly in a more or less straight line, today's program guests don't have that luxury given the terrain and road infrastructure that they're dealing with. And besides, what's the point of making a trip like this if you aren't going to stop along the way to take plenty of side roads and detours to record the sounds of the local natural world while at the same time shooting immersive 360-degree film of the experience? As you'll hear, Axel is a wildlife sound recordist. His brother, Adio is a photographer. As I write this, they're in their vehicles crossing Mauritania, Banque d'Argan, specifically, a national park that's famous as a haven for wading birds. I caught up with them and asked them to introduce themselves and tell
1: us about their trip. Well, I'm Axel. I'm a special designer, always been in love with music, and I moved to London 10 years ago to become a famous DJ, and I turned up to be working in virtual reality sound and with a strong passion for nature which developed over time while being in London, while being exposed to the heavily urban environment of London.
2: My name is Arjo, and um, I am a graphic designer, photographer, and um, videographer. I always uh, uh, lived in a city and um, always uh, had uh, work in graphic design or uh, photography, street photography, fashion photography, product photography as well. But at a certain point, not much of that world makes sense for the real world. So we I began to go back in nature and uh, find that everything is more interesting and uh, everything more beautiful because it's not that I create nature but I assist to the
1: nature um, to, to nature in general of wildlife.
0: I asked the brothers what the genesis
1: was of the project. Here's Axel Just before the pandemic, the year before 2019, I went a couple of times to Cambodia because I wanted to explore a bit that area. And from just like going there for 10 days, recording Sounds of Gibbons, I ended up making my first 360 documentary and actually filming in 360 recording and making a whole story. And the documentary is life on the edge. By the end of it, I was like, I spent so much time away from nature. I'm 30 now. I kind of want to catch up with the time they haven't spent in nature and I want to be out there every day as much as possible without limits and just be able to enjoy it and learn about nature. I watched a documentary Free Solo with Alex Honnold, the, clim- the climber, and uh, he was like, I started my, my, my journey by living in a van and I was able to just be out there and go to climb and go to do things. And I was like, all right, cool. Great. I already have the first answer. I need to get into a van or in a sort of vehicle and live in it. And then I want to go to Africa just because it's close to us. It's not on the other side of the planet. I can reach it by land and I want to explore Africa. I wanted to go on the West Coast, just, you know, Senegal, Gambia, those sort of places. And the music also there is incredible. And I told Ario, dude, I'm going to, I want to do this.
2: And I said, okay, uh, I'm coming with you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And then over time it developed. We want to explore, we want to share what we are doing because we are we are artists first. We want to share stories. And one thing that we wanted to try and connect all these different locations together and completely randomly, the bird migration topic came in and we're like, okay, birds migrate between continents. They migrate for thousands of miles. And there are many migratory uh, birds flyways, which are the highways that are used by these birds. And uh, we we're like, well, let's let's follow the East Atlantic flyway. And then we were like, how do we share also these stories to local people? Because that's what was something something that we want to do. We don't wanna only go somewhere and take back the stories to our home and just share it to our people. We also wanna share it with locals and engage with them and see if they would be interested in you know in hearing about their migratory birds. We realized that even if someone is from a small village, they don't necessarily know about their migratory birds. And then came the real
0: magic. They decided that audio wasn't enough if they wanted to create a fully immersive experience that they'd be able to share everywhere they went. Here's audio.
2: So we decided to put everything in, in one pocket and uh, use the virtual reality goggles and having a virtual photographic gallery with a few videos here and there. And then now it's uh, six times we've done that. We've done six times the experience, yeah. plus, plus the one in, in Italy and London and Bristol. We've done uh, um, all these um, changes and we change uh, how we present the audio, we link with sound, uh, link with the pictures and videos. Everything makes much more sense now.
0: Let me interrupt for just a moment. These immersive videos that audio and Axel have created are impressive. If you visit their website, soundingwild.com, You'll see a link to the videos, but there are quite a few more at their YouTube channel. Take it from me, do everything you can to watch them on a virtual reality headset. You don't have to, but the immersive element is mind-blowing and it adds enormously to the experience. You're not just listening, you're there. And by the way, Axel and Audio are tossing around a lot of sound and video related terms here. I asked them to explain what they mean beginning with spatial audio. Of course.
1: Spatial audio is a group of technologies that are used to capture, edit, and reproduce audio, which is different from the idea of channel-based system. When we talk about channel-based, it's like stereo or 5.1, where these numbers refer to positions of speakers. In stereo, we talk about two speakers. When I record, I don't think about a channel layout that I'm going to play back with afterwards. I'm thinking about an entire, let's call it, we call it sound field. The whole like area, imagine this 360 video of audio, bubble of sound that is around, for example, my microphone.
0: It's hard to imagine what Axel describing. This is why I strongly urge you to view the videos on a VR headset if you can. But let me try to describe it. You put on the headset, start the video, and you are immersed in the place. It's not like you're watching a video of life in a small village. You are in a small village, surrounded by the images and the sounds of that village. Look up, you see sky, look down, you see the ground, turn in a circle, you get a 360-degree view of the village. It's about as close to magic as I can describe. And it's the finest kind of storytelling. We
2: have the opportunity to have a person in the video for ten minutes, eleven minutes straight, without the possibility of uh, um, looking at phone or uh, di- being distracted or something else, because all the information is in front of you. So, for that reason, we try to put the stories. For example, uh, we were in
0: Doñana. Sorry, me again. Doñana is an extraordinary wildlife refuge, a national park in southern Spain, not far from Seville. And uh, we saw
2: that all Doñana uh, was dry really dry there's, there's no rain there wasn't rain for a, a month so is less birds migratory birds each year so we decided to go all around the area of doniana instead of inside of the park and we saw lots of um, um, other locations with uh, lots of water because uh, they they create other rivers from other places well i remember when we were uh, uh, near a river we we stayed there uh, for a few nights and uh, one uh, one morning we wake up usually uh, at dawn i saw uh, a big uh, bird of prey um on the river and um i remember that i was like axel 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 axel, axel! osprey osprey <laughs> and uh, we we don't we don't put this kind of informations in the experience because we want that people be attached with the bird so it's kind of like something that is a uh, Uh, secondary to what we put in the immersive experience.
0: I don't have to tell you that this is an enormous project. I wanted to know what they hoped would happen as a result of all the effort they're putting into their expedition.
1: There is a guy up north in Denmark, and he calls himself a nature interpreter, which I really liked. We don't want to teach people this is the way of going out and learning about nature or, you know, or forcing someone to do something. We want to inspire people with beautiful experiences, beautiful stories, and then also adding there something to help them recognize that. This is our first project, Wings Across Continents. is about birds. Who knows what's going to be next? It's about noticing. It's about being able to spot things because that's how we reconnect to nature. We reconnected because we were able to Slowly start recognizing for me the sounds of the different birds. I started with the wren and then the blackbird, and then now I can recognize waders that a month ago I didn't even know. Oh yes, <laughs> um, but every month will yeah. Every, every, every yeah, yeah. <laughs> right? I was asking, "Oh, I saw I saw redshank there." I'm like, "What is what is that?" They all look the same to me, and now, but now because we are literally literally full time there, we learn it, we notice it, and that's what we want to achieve. Our whole point is to use. I mean, all these technologies, immersive technologies, they are cool, but for us, it's not about de- de- becoming addicted to them. It's about taking people's attention, which is heavily on technology, attracting them towards our experience because we have this highlighting experience, this sort of highlights, like that your senses. Within that experience, we show you nature as its basic form and shapes and sounds. And then from there, when you remove it, Our aim is that people just, you know, will remember something and they connect to it.
0: So here they are, two brothers making a casual drive down the west coast of Africa. I don't know about you, but I want to know what a typical day in the life is like during the journey. Now keep in mind that given where they're going to be traveling, Axel and Audio can't assume that they're going to have access to the kinds of services that we tend to take for granted.
1: As a sound recordist, I want to be out recording one hour before dawn, right? So my, my wake up call is quite early. It depends where we parked the night before. If we are in a nice forest, which is quite private, I can have my whole vehicle opened up and the back, we I have a raising hardtop that lifts and it becomes sort of tent. So I may be there sleeping. So wake up really early, bef- one hour and a half before dawn, I wake up Grab whatever microphone I need on the day and get out. Well, usually
2: when he starts, he goes out and it's kind of like immediate, like uh, one and a half hour before dawn. He is concentrated on the on the dawn chorus, and for me, if I don't have light, I cannot do anything. It's really nice to be outside um, before dawn because you can see uh, the um, the wildlife coming up, but. I personally like wake up a bit uh, later, but it's still dawn or sort of dawn. Yeah, this is uh, practically what we do. And he wake up before. I wake up uh, later. I uh, start take pictures. I don't don't even uh, do breakfast in the first few hours of the day because I'm outside or my body just tell me just drink water. Don't worry about that. Even coffee is better to drink later. With the places where we go. It's is a really big places. There is a lot of wildlife all around. So it's not possible to be in one area and see everything.
1: Usually at like 9, 10, we are back in our vehicles. Yeah. Latest, really, just because we wake up pretty really early.
2: And also there is, a, for the rest of the day, I can I can do picture, I can take pictures and videos, but it's a really bright sc- bright sun or uh, it's really cloudy. So it's really difficult to have a good, um, colorful video or picture. Like the product is not going to be perfect. So for the rest of the day, I work on the computer in the car. I have a Suzuki Grand Vitara. It's not as big as the Toyota Hilux, but it does the job for the money that I spend with that, which is kind of nice. When we work on the computer, I stay on the passenger seat. I put Curtains. curtains all around and I'm literally inside of a dark box, which is really helpful because I need to work with colors and... I need to be focused on that, and that is really nice. So it is, it's working quite quite nicely. In the afternoon, a few hours before sunset, we usually go around in the same places to see what kind of wildlife is in the evening or how what, is, what changed. In that case, for example, here in um, the, the sunset is really uh, late in the evening, uh, so we stay out a bit more also because the, the final light is uh, that is going off is around. 11
0: in the in the evening sounds great doesn't it an hour and a half before dawn axel goes out and records the dawn chorus a few hours later when the sun makes its appearance audio wakes up and goes out to shoot photos and maybe some video a bit later they meet for a leisurely breakfast after which they crawl into their trucks close the curtains and edit the day's captures but not so fast
1: this is the perfect day that we would love to have every single day of our life not possible not possible every day every day is slightly different there is always something to fix change or like sometimes we have to work ario over the last like five days has been working one week actually He's been working loads on the laptop because we are working on our merchandise i've been traveling around but then sometimes something breaks and we need to fix whatever breaks in the car you have to travel. sometimes when we have to travel this is, the, this is a day that we have when we are on location, but then sometimes we have to travel from location to location. So some days we drive for six hours or maybe less. Um, multiple days as well. Multiple days. Not boring at all. Uh, actually, it is a bit difficult to have. It, it is impossible to have a routine, really. It really changes all the time. It's really not constant. It's difficult to have a routine, which is uh, good and bad at the same time. There are pros and cons. We are all self-contained, and all the whole point of our trucks, our vehicles, is to be really performative. So we're not in camping mode, taking out chairs or whatever. Open, I open the tailgate, I open the back, the top, put the hob out, and I can start cooking. Are you the same? He's got a, a door opens the side, table down, ready to go. Really like because it's our day-to-day life. It's about like being clever, efficient, and clever with our time.
0: So given the magnitude of the project, I was curious what Ario and Axel saw as the end point, or if there actually was one.
1: The, The end point for us is about doing the whole East Atlantic Flyway, that's our Wings Across Continents, which is a one and a half years overland expedition through Europe and Africa, following the East Atlantic Flyway on the west coast of Europe and west coast of Africa. From Doñana we started in February 2023 from the south of Spain coming to Europe and we followed it by going north and we stopped in different locations and then from September down the west coast of Africa for ideally one year but these this may vary because things always change we know obviously we have information about the migration going towards Africa but we are not entirely sure what we're going to find. So maybe we cut it in six months and we restarted you know, after six months. How we know where to go is because we collaborate actively with Wetland Link International, which is an initiative from WWT, Wetland and Wildfall Trust. And within this initiative, there is a migratory birth for people initiative, which links as many visitor centers and, and, uh, and wetlands as possible on the East Atlantic flyway. And we've been introduced to them and we are collaborating. They're helping us to get in touch with these different visitor centers so we know exactly where to go. We decided to stay one month in each location, and our uh, schedule every month is the first three weeks. We work on finding the birds and learning about the locals. We want to stay in a place and meet people, get used to the place, you know, get a feel of it. And then at the fourth week, we do the installation, this, uh, this immersive installation.
0: The installations that Axel is referring to lie at the heart of the Wings Across Continents project. At each location, in the fourth week of their month there, Audio and Axel collaborate with local wildlife specialists to set up an exhibition so that the local people can put on a VR headset and enjoy the experience of immersive video and sound in the process learning about the local wildlife and why it matters on a planetary level. Two people at a time can sit down for 15 minutes and enjoy the immersive experience.
1: Our aim is to engage with audiences, to bring these stories into places that maybe you would find some commercial music. So this is only the beginning of our sort of takeover of shopping malls and public places. Want to have big installations where we sort of like take these these sounds mixed with the sounds of local places to big locations where people sort of pass by and they start asking themselves a question: Why am I feeling better when I'm surrounded by by these loudspeakers and listening to these sounds in this place? That's the beginning of our engagement with a wider audience.
2: Yeah, personally, I would love to have an experience like that, like a massive experience of speakers all around the a big square in a capital. It would be amazing to have a jungle or a wetland instead of a noise of the cars around you.
1: So, for example, in Lisbon, we did an installation the week before this one where we installed the loudspeakers in a square in a village nearby to engage with locals that passed through the square to sort of make them hear the sounds of, that, of the natural reserve there and playing back, speed, speeding up and speeding down the bird calls it's like learning music from scratch but you never listen to music ever and then you have to learn what jazz is what classical music is and what a violin is and what the instruments are people don't realize nature sounds they're just not trained to recognize it so we are trying to sort of make it interesting then attract them towards us we started this project because we wanted to do it and um we do it you know in our own way it's We even got a loan recently to be able to keep going with the project. So we are looking for fundings, but we like this this idea of just being able to go around and doing the things that we feel like are for the people. We, We are really respectful towards the locals. We want to interact with people, but we don't want to impose something. We want to share something in a most humble way.
0: If you'd like to know more about the Wings Across Continents project or immerse yourself in some of the videos we've been talking about, or make a small donation to Oxland Audio to keep them well supplied on their journey, here's what you can do.
1: We are on every social media platform, but the best way is to subscribe to our newsletter and we send you updates with the latest information.
2: Our name in general is Sounding Wild. website is SoundingWild.com and at Sounding Wild, everything is Sounding Wild. If if you search Sounding Wild on Google, we are the first one.
0: (laughs) Axel and Ariodrioli, Drioli, the founders of Sounding Wild and the creators of the Wings Across Continents Project. To follow their progress on their journey down the west coast of Africa, please visit soundingwild.com. You'll also find links there to their YouTube channel. And while you're visiting, please consider a donation to this spectacular one-of-a-kind project. Axel, Ario, I want to thank you for taking the time to chat with me. I will catch up with you again as soon as you're somewhere where you have connectivity. Please travel safely and keep that wonderful work coming. We all appreciate what you're doing. Hey, thanks for dropping by. I'm Steve Shepard, the host of the Natural Curiosity Project, where we're committed to the idea that curiosity leads to discovery, discovery leads to knowledge, knowledge leads to insight, and insight leads to understanding. In every episode, we explore some topic that piqued our curiosity enough to make us want to share it with you. I hope you enjoy the journey. And if you did, I'd appreciate it if you'd leave a comment over at iTunes or SoundCloud, wherever you listen to the podcast. Thank you very much. We'll see you in the next episode.